G'day mate, Forty here. So being with people over Passover makes me realize how much my default is no. How much my soul is still in lockdown. Like I think pretty much gone through life with a soul in, in lockdown. And then and it was very easy for me to adjust to the COVID lockdowns, like too easy, right? Sometimes things that are that are congenial, that just fit with your personality, they, they tend not to be very good for you. And so I've always had this tendency towards isolation, to you know just doing my own thing, to having very inflexible rules with other people. And wow. And I just realized the other night, like, oh, something's not right here. I'm spending, you know, way too much time alone. Like, I love to do my particular exercises, you know, when I want to do them, watch my particular shows, you know, read my particular books, do my particular live streams. Like, I really love having everything on my terms, which is quite isolating. So I think it's a, an adaptation to the chaos of my childhood as I develop these very inflexible ways of dealing with other people. And so over Sabbaths and Jewish holidays where I'm thrown in with a lot of other people, I'm just so keenly aware that my default is no. And then if I can relax, if I can come, come to things without being feeling threatened or under stress or feeling pushed or manipulated then I can I can relax and I can start to say yes to, to things if I feel comfortable but I guess I'm like a woman right nothing good happens with a woman when you're on a date with a woman until she feels safe and until I feel safe and comfortable and relaxed and then then I can start saying yes but I'm a 55 year old bachelor and do I want to get married yes I want to get married but you put me, oh, you want to, you want to shit a date with, you know, X, Y, Z. It's like my default is no. Right? It's like somehow that's too confrontational usually. Like unless it's you know, exactly my type, right? I have a certain type that uh, I cannot say no to. But unless it's exactly my type, it's kind of sad how my default is just no. But I think, I think I'm an everyman there. I think all of us, our default is no. Right? You want to volunteer? No. You want to uh, go out Saturday night? No. You want to you know, ha have an interview for, for a new job? No. Do you want to you know, go to this meetup group? No. Right? I think I think that's the default for, for all of us. Like for women, like when you date a woman, women decide. So initially, you try to chat someone up, and they've got a default of no. So you have to bring something special to the table, so that. They, they don't ignore you or bail out of that conversation. And then you ask a woman out and her default's gonna be no, unless usually you bring something special to the table to override that default of no. And then you have one date and then to have her go out again, the default will usually be no. You have to bring something special on that first date. You have to seem like you're gonna be a provider and a protector uh, to even get a second date and then to, to be able to kiss a woman, usually you have to you know, override her natural default of no, no, no. So I guess there's a lot of the woman in me. I've just struck in the communal atmosphere of Passover where almost everyone's married with kids and there are these you know, very tight interpersonal ties 
and, and at the prospect of like being fully joined in with that sort of community, my default is, is no. I, I, my default is run away. Now, if I can have a relaxed conversation with people, then, then the attraction can grow so that I think, oh, no, I, I don't want to, I can't picture my life going forward without this woman. So there have been a lot of women who I've dated and had relations with who initially I just had no particular interest in. But because I would interact with them on a, fairly frequently, then then things changed. So my father would say propinquity, you know, being close to someone, you know, breeds attraction. And so you know, the prospect of, oh, do you want me to find out if someone likes you? Like, that's scary to me. Uh, you know, I'm not ready for that. I, I want to, I feel like I'm perfectly capable of judging for myself, you know, whether or not a woman likes me. And, and that press prospect of, you know, do we like each other or not, you know, to go out, it's kind of daunting for, for, for some women, like for, 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 uh, for a, you know, a small percentage of women who are just my type, then there's no daunting. It's like, yes. But uh, generally speaking, I need, I, need, I need conversation, guys. I need to be warmed up. You can't just like make a shit a date for me right away. Right? I, 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 need, I need the social amenities. I need, I need conversation. I need caring. I need acts of tender kindness. I, I need like interactions that that are in a in a relaxed place where we're not having to make decisions, you know, whether or not to move forward. Can't we can't we just hang out on a social basis, right? Instead of going on a date at first. Can't, like, can't we walk together? You know, can't we be in a meal together? Can't we, you know, be at a singles gathering together? Eric Forty is looking so relaxed and content when he's walking down the beach. The man is such an inspiration for bachelors. I am very content at the beach. Forty needs love and yeah, I need love and affection before I can make a decision on whether or not I want to pursue a shidduch. A shidduch means a match in Jewish. Uh, I remember I had one girlfriend who had so much contempt for me. Like she thought I was a wimp because I talk about how sore my feet were when I had plantar fasciitis, and you know I had this this problem, that problem that I was going to a physical therapist for, and spending thousands of dollars taking care of my aches and pains. And she was not impressed with me at all. She'd say, "Oh, you don't have any friends, and you're low status, and uh, my my other boyfriends would never put up with all the stuff that you put up with." I am not going down the men going their own way lane. It's just that I just noticed my default is no. I need conversation. I need to get to know someone before I can commit to the shit game. But anyway, this girlfriend had so much contempt for me. But one thing I think I ever did that impressed her is that I ran out here into this ocean and like just dived into the waves. And uh, she said I looked like an Adonis. So that was the only time it's easier to sleep alone than listen to that female yap on it. That was the only time she was impressed here in the ocean because I'm very at ease in the ocean. Very at ease diving into the waves, uh, body surfing, uh, like swimming. Like sw swimming is an Australian, it's just you know, second nature. So I, I dated her for a year and that was the only time that I remember that she was impressed, impressed by me. 
So, I don't know, it's your default no? Like, if someone asks you to volunteer, someone asks you to go to an event, someone asks you if you want to date someone, is your default no? Did anyone ever tell you you look like Tom Cruise in this? I'm glad, no, no one's ever told me I look like Tom Cruise in any context uh, whatsoever. Uh, the Weekly Standard said I did look like an acid-washed uh, uh, Brad Pitt. So I figure if you're watching this, this live stream that you too have a default of no. So I was walking from the Santa Monica Pier, which will be behind me, to uh, Venice. So the crazy Venice uh, boardwalk. And I just felt it taking so long. And I did this walk two weeks ago with a friend. And it just like, woof, just went by just like that. But today I'm doing it on my own. And the walk seemed to take four times as long. I'm attached, so no is always the answer. Yeah, but your wife will ask you, do you want to go out to eat? Do you want to... I never turn down a date. Beggars can't be choosers, says Bernard. Yeah, I, I would try to never turn down a date, but there's not really a lot of dating in Orthodox Judaism. It's more like mating. Like, you don't date in Orthodox Judaism. You, you pair up to get married. And people tend to make decisions fairly quickly. So the more religious you are, the more likely you are to make a quick decision about whether or not you, you want to marry someone. So the most religious Jews, they will usually make a decision within two or three meetings. The more modern the Orthodox Jew, then they might, you know, wait a year. Uh, but uh, it's very rare Orthodox Jew gets past age 25 and is a bachelor. So I'm 55, and whenever anyone asks me, you know, do you want to get married? You know, my answer is, is yes. Yes, I, I want to get married. But I love the perspective. Tech lead has this perspective. A lot of other people have this perspective that you know, we've got the life that we've chosen. Right? So I made decisions that got me here. So I made a lot of isolating decisions. Because I know periodically... Like some, someone will come into my life and then my social life will just transform. So in 2003, Kathy Seib came into my life. So for about four years, I was incredibly active social life. We, we had dinner at Eugene Volokh's house. Like we, we went to parties, we went to events. And so they schlepped me along. Taka girl and I regularly people watch and amuse ourselves. She'll tell me if she thinks the guy is hot. We have fun with it. Orlando is amazing, wig of paradise. Oh yeah, I lived in Orlando for eight months. So I met this woman online. She was 11 years older than me, so I was 27, she was 38, and she was housebound by chronic illness. And uh, that's how we met. I, I answered her singles ad in the Orlando Jewish newspaper. A40, how do I rate Nick Cage? I don't have any opinion on Nick Cage. But this is 1993. So when we started talking regularly, she said, you got to meet my psychiatrist. So I eventually moved to Orlando, you know, in large part, to meet her amazing psychiatrist. And uh, he, he turned out to be just as good as advertised, got me on... What, was, what did he get me on? Anyway, it turned my life around. Uh, so, so, yeah, I spent eight months in Orlando, went to Ohev Shalom, Congregation Ohev Shalom. It's a kind of a right-wing conservative synagogue in Orlando. I was there the last... Four months, five months of 
1993, first three months of uh, 1994. So, yeah, periodically, you know, these, these social people come into my life and I'll just go along for the ride. I guess I'll, I'll, uh, I'll borrow their functioning. And, you know, suddenly my life just dramatically expands and uh, every Friday night is booked and Saturday lunches are booked and coming to Atlanta tomorrow, going home on Thursday. Congrats, Bernard. Welcome to the land of the free and the home of the brave. But uh, these people, these families that adopt me, you know, that, that eventually palls and I'm thrown back on my own devices. So I think I need to join a gym. Right? That seems like a really social thing to do. I've got my own workouts that I love to do at home. I've got my, my push-ups and my planks and my stationary bike and I you know, love to go for long walks, but I think it's time to join a gym, go swimming, go to yoga classes, be around other people more. I bet a lot of beach cougars have their lust-filled eyes on that Aussie hunk of man. <laughs> there is a real cougar. There's a real cougar in LA. Nick Cave should play 40 in his biopic. There's a real cougar in LA by Griffith Park. It killed it killed a koala bear. And it's called P22. And it's been around for at least 10 years. They've got it tagged and it's successfully crossed freeways. They build a special freeway now for, for cougars. Or they're building a special freeway, I think, over the 101 for cougars to, to cross safely. But uh, P22 shows up in uh, Silver Lake and I guess Echo Park and around Griffith Park. So we've got our own cougar here in LA. It's a celebrity. But do you ever think if, if your default on no is a little too strong and let's say that you have the life that you created, like this is the life that you've chosen, like you know, you're saying no you know, way too much. So normally if you say no to someone twice, then, then most people will not ask you a third time. So we've probably set up, you know, a lot, Nick Cage and the Bad Seeds. Yeah, I've heard about them. I've read a long article about Nick Cage and I may have even mentioned him in a live stream or done a live stream about him, but I don't remember anything. One of the reasons I do so many live streams and talk about the books and articles that I'm reading is because unless I do that, I forget. Like I just read a book by a woman at Harvard, a psychologist who specializes in the art of conversation. And I remember almost nothing from her book. Ex no, she hasn't written a book. She, I just listened to her on podcasts. She's published a lot of peer-reviewed academic articles. But I remember almost nothing from her, except that generally speaking, we'd be better off changing topics more frequently in a conversation until we find one that hits and it is stimulating to, to both parties. So that's the one takeaway. So Because I haven't done any live streams on her conclusions about the art of conversation. Uh, I, I don't remember what she said. I, I don't think I have the short-term memory that I used to have uh, 30 years ago. So I was listening to Michael Lewis as a podcast. So I've been listening all through that. And I think in season, season one or two, she came on to talk about the art of conversation. But unless I do a live stream about it, I forget it. So yeah, just noticing that my default is turned to no a little too much and how much my life expanded by saying yes to more things like volunteering and yes to going to a 12-step program and yes to training as an Alexander Technique teacher. It's time to say yes to 
and a few more things. And at the same time, to, to make peace with that, that part of me that's so scared and frightened that, that has a default of just saying no, right? That my default on no is definitely too strong. It's maladaptive, but it's there for a reason. Like I'm turning down all sorts of opportunities to participate in life out of a maladjusted sense of, of protecting myself from the, the randomness of life, from, from the scary nature of, of human connection. And because when you connect with people, they then will make uh, demands on you or they will make requests on you or you will develop obligations to other people which will then curtail your freedom. Just say no, brah, says Elliot Platt. No, I'm saying no way too much, brah. Elliot, so what do you think of the Matica versus uh, Fuentes debate? I just don't know who would be proud of uh, Fuentes for his, his performance in, in that debate. So I've gone to the beach now uh, two of the last three Sundays here at the Santa Monica Beach. So I've got to get out and about more, push myself, meet up with friends. So I'm making all these plans to meet up with friends. I'm making an effort, man. Checking out meetup groups. And just taking a pause and noticing how I'm saying no. <laughs> right? So, you know, at Passover, you're sitting around a table with people. It's, uh, it's a pretty strong form of connection. And, and why am I just backing off? obligations or opportunities to have stronger forms of connection.